This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All of our tutors, they're all the same age as our students. So the dynamic is not a teacher-student relationship. It's That's a friend-friend. Cool. From that 14 hours, around 50% is them talking about non-school-related stuff. Mm. And that bond is what makes it so powerful when they actually go to get homework help. Yeah. They actually like enjoy listening to the tutor. They're receptive and it builds that longer tension. Wherever you guys are watching this show, I would truly appreciate it if you follow or subscribe. It helps a lot with the algorithm. It helps us get bigger and better guests and it helps us grow the team. Truly means a lot. Thank you guys for supporting. And here's the episode. Welcome back to the show, guys. Got a special guest for you guys today. He's up to something big. Amin Shaco. How's it going, man? How's it going, man? You're about to revolutionize the education space, right? Dude, it's been a grind, but yes, sir, that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, so I found you online. You know, you just finished that first raise, I think, when I found you, and now it's been some time, and you've really grown the company very quickly, man. It's been a wild ride, honestly. The thing is, for us, once we discovered what actually students want and built a product that they enjoy using, Mm -hmm. it's, it's been growing like crazy since then. Yeah, we were talking outside, and, you know, we probably have some traumatic memories from getting tutored as kids. And I feel like that whole space in general, it's, it's not something you really want. It's forced upon you as a kid. Yeah, like you just imagine, like, I'm sure everybody in the audience listening, like, what was your experience? Either your parents or your teacher forced you to go get tutored or you just try to escape, right? And for us, we we're like, what if we can build something that kids actually want to spend time on? Um, and that's exactly what we did. Yeah, my mom spent like 5K on SAT tutoring for me when I was a kid and my score went up like barely, like 20, 40 points because I didn't care about it, you know what I mean? But I feel like when you align the interests of the student and the teacher, there's some growth opportunity. 100%, like kids, Gen Z, especially nowadays, like if they're not motivated to do something, they're just gonna sit there with their eyes closed. They're not gonna be attention. It goes in through this ear, comes out of the other ear. And so for us, we knew like, if we can build something where they actually want to use it themselves, because when Gen Z, and, and, and I keep saying Gen Z because most of our students right now are high school and college kids. If they're passionate about something, that's it. Like they're going to put in their full effort, right? Yeah. And so um, we did that through many things. Like all of our tutors, they're all the same age as our students. So the dynamic is not a teacher-student relationship. That's it's cool. a friend-friend. Yeah. So it's like me with my best friend, for example, talking. And you know, on average, our students spend like 14 hours a quarter in a school quarter, so three months, um, talking to their tutor. From that 14 hours, around 50% is them talking about non-school-related stuff. So NFL, XFL, what, what are you doing for the Halloween party, right? Mm. And that bond is what makes it so powerful when they actually go to get homework help, right? Yeah. They actually like enjoy listening to the tutor, they're receptive, and it builds that long retention, something that we have, and a lot of these players can't do. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, you've really seemed to crack the code with tutoring to make it an enjoyable experience for the user. What's the uh, growth been like year over year? 
anywhere between three to five X year over year growth. So wow. we launched in uh, 2020, you know, the pandemic was wild. Like for those who don't, you know, really, I guess, I guess in the education space, when the pandemic hit schools saw GPAs just going down because kids just lost access to all the resources. They were stuck at home, zoom classes. Like, you know, my co-founder was, was, was finishing up zoom school. He would literally be sleeping through his class. He'd have, <laughs> he had this thing that would move his cursor so he could stay online, but he wasn't listening to the lecture. Right. Yeah. And my third co-founder, Danny was like, I think 17 or 18 when we started. So we were all students and we saw grades going down. And also we saw the surge of social media. All the kids were on TikTok the whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were like, like, you know, there's a huge opportunity here. These kids are all struggling in school. Everybody's on social media. What if we can kind of do something with it? Yeah. So you got a really young co-founding team. Yeah, I do. I, we all made Forbes 30 under 30 when we were all under 23. I Holy think I crap. was 23. My co-founder was 21. And then my last one was 19. <laughs> we were like, we're on the youngest Forbes list and the education list. Wow. Yeah. That's dumb. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Of how, what's the process to get on there? What's that like? We had a lot. Once like we started getting traction, a lot of people started nominating for us. And then um, when people nominate you, they reach out to you and they say, "Hey, tell us a bit more about you." And you know, honestly, we just told them what we were doing, and they were super impressed. And what they really liked about us was our how we cracked social media mm-hmm. because we were able to use social media to turn a, a concept, which was tutoring, from boring and hated by kids to being loved. Yeah. Um, like literally, like million, fifty million to hundred million students. Um, or just people interacting with our with our socials every month, right? And so that kind of reception to a tutoring company was unheard of. <laughs> yeah. We were actually the first education company in the world to hit a million followers on TikTok wow. in under three months. Unheard of. Yeah. And what was the content strategy like there? Were you- Shout out to today's sponsor, Rocket Money. Guys, you ever feel like money's just flying out of your account? Well, this app might be able to help you because there's something called subscriptions that are eating at your bank account every single month. And there's apps you don't know about delivery apps streaming services you name it you're probably getting charged a monthly fee by a lot of companies and you don't even know you can see all your subscriptions in one place on the rocket money app and you can cancel all the unwanted subscriptions with one tap they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months and negotiate your bills to be even lower by up to 20 percent all you got to do is take a picture of your bill and rocket money takes care of the rest Rocket Money is a personal finance app that basically finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions. They help you monitor your spending and they help you lower your bills. Rocket Money has been a great experience for me personally. They've saved me money, um, hundreds of dollars on bills. They were able to go through all of my credit cards, all of my bank statements, see what I was paying for on a monthly basis. And I found a ton of stuff that I don't even use, honestly. I had an Xbox Game Pass that was being charged monthly. I don't even play games. That one was years old and they also lowered some of my bills. My phone bill and my Wi-Fi bill were pretty high. They were over 150 bucks a month and they were able to cut down on those prices. So all in all, shout out to Rocket Money, great product. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash DSH. That's rocketmoney.com slash DSH. Link will be in the description below. You repurposing other people's content to grow? 
No, so our content strategy was unique. It's also something that nobody was doing before. And a lot of big companies model what they're doing now. We had a lot of big companies actually reach out to us mm -hmm. to learn about what we're doing. What we did was, it was like, it's a 10-90 rule. 10% of our videos would promote our product. 90% were in the niche of education, but had nothing to do with our product. Mm. So we're education, but who the hell wants to see tutoring videos, right? <laughs> so what we do is anything under education is fair play. So what's fun under education? Well, maybe teaching you how to look at your phone to see if your girlfriend is cheating on you by deleting her messages or how to send a Snapchat or open up a Snapchat without showing that you read it, for example, right? right? right. Or how you get 50% off shopping at Target. So we do life hacks that kids love. And by definition, right, if they love it, they're going to engage, they're going to follow you. And every 10 videos, an ad promoting our product is going to come out. And they're like, oh, like, I love this brand. I love this page. Maybe I should go look at their app, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and even when we do our ads, they don't look like a normal ad. Like our most viral ad got us like 20 to 30,000 downloads, 4 million views, like 20 to 30,000 downloads, 4 million views. And it was basically one of my co-founders, right? We put Chick-fil-A sauce on an onion, mm -hmm. took a huge bite. You could hear the crunch. <laughs> and then he does this and it segues to three apps that will help you with your homework. And in between, we strategically put our own app. <laughs> so nobody knew it was an ad. Wow. And that shot us like number two on the charts and then investors start pouring in. And that actually was you know, one of the biggest catalysts on where we are today. That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of investors, well, what, what did you learn that first raise? Cause that's something that's not taught. So you were just, you know, it just sort of happened and you had no experience, right? Yeah, I do. Like literally like I, I was working at Apple as a software engineer. I was like the youngest engineer there. And like, keep in mind, like when you're that young and in software, you really have no idea how the VC world works. And all of a sudden, like we never reached out first investors. We had investors reach out to us because they saw us on the charts with like number two or three. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, we'd love to invest in you. And imagine being a 20-year-old that sees that. You're like, oh my God, a few million dollars about to come into my bank. Like, this is awesome, right? Yeah. And so you're, 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 it's like, you think it's, it's, it's a perfect world when in reality, when you start talking to them, investors are notorious for leading you on and then just like putting you on red, ignoring right. you, right? And we, at that point, that forced us to think about investing because we were like, like, at that point, we started to grow fast too. And we're like, well, now we need to start actually put effort here. And so I literally like me and my co-founder all bought a bunch of like VC books, started to read how that works. Mm. And even after reading it, to be honest, we like it wasn't like nothing taught us more than actually being rejected by investors. Like right. we started to reach out to investors. They reached out to us. And a lot of them would say, oh, we love your product. This is the best thing ever. And then just never reply back to us again. Right. Huh. And that that went on for a few months. And eventually, like obviously, and this is completely normal, right? Um you probably get like a hundred no's before you get one yes, right? Unless you're literally building the next Apple. Yeah. Um, and it's in this space, it's really about showing traction. So, you know, when we started getting the reach, we didn't have much traction, right? So they were like, okay, come back to us when you have bigger, bigger numbers. Mm -hmm. And so we really started doubling our, our sales every single month until eventually an investor um, comes in. He's been sourcing companies from Y Combinator. And he's like, not a single company is approaching education the way you guys are doing it. You guys are adding gamification. You're making a fun social learning app and no one actually understands the vision. And more importantly, it was on the app. Like it's an app, it's not a website. And he understood that kids are on their phones and social media is tied you know, to your phone. Yeah. So we have this whole funnel there. And um, he was like, I'm gonna invest in you guys. And this was like a few months after our first rejection. Um, but in between that process, like there were times where I thought, damn, like, like this is never going to happen, right? You kind of lose hope. Yeah, yeah. But it's part of the game. And now every time I get a rejection, I'm happy. Because it's, <laughs> it's literally one step to the next game type of thing. It's like, yeah. if you don't take an L, if you, don't, if you don't fail, if you don't lose, you're not working hard enough as a founder. 
And a lot of founders expect like it's all going to be just an, a journey going up, but you don't understand like, you know, we made it on fours, but the night after we took a huge L somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. So it's always ups and downs, up and downs, but that's what makes it fun. Yeah, it's a numbers game, man. And you got over a billion views, right, on TikTok? Yeah, dude, across our channels, a billion views. See, that's insane. The, uh, and the thing is, a lot of people can get views, but they can't monetize. Yep. But you guys figured out that the more downloads, the more money you could make. Yeah, no, exactly. And like my co-founder, um, Marwan, he, he is so data-driven. So what we do is we look at the videos, right? We, like 7 million views, for example, on one video or a million views. And then we look at the quality of the conversions, right? Mm. And at that point, like we really chase like which video is going to get us the paying customer, mm. right? And we've optimized our app so much to the point where if you're like an 11th grader in high school or a senior in college, you're going to get a whole different app experience wow. because your psychology and how you think is different. Yeah. And all those are type of things that took like conversion rate from like, for example, starting off like 9% to 15%. 20% and up, right? From like downloading all the way to pay, right? Mm-hmm. And kept on bringing it up. And our attention to detail is what made us actually be able to translate views to dollars. Yeah. Most people can't do that. No. So you're all about the optimization. And I think that's something Amazon does really well too. If you're a prime customer, their their numbers are insane. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a paying customer, how did you find good app developers? That's something people struggle with. I'm fortunate enough where I, I studied computer science. So I was a software engineer. Um, I worked at Apple and like when I was at Apple, like I did a lot of cool projects working with leadership. Like I literally, like it, for everybody who has an iPhone on iMessage, if you can, if you know, when you hold on to reply in a thread, mm-hmm. me and two people pitched that to Craig Federico, who's right under the CTO. You came up CEO. with that? Yeah, he's the Holy CTO. Crap. And we actually had to convince them because at Apple, like a lot of the leadership were a bit older. They don't understand that Gen Z like spend a lot of time chatting. Yeah. And, I, and I basically told them like, hey, like all these kids are spending all their time texting on Instagram and Snapchat DMs. Nobody's on iMessage DMs. We need to make this feel more home, right? Mm-hmm. And so we pitched it and literally the next year it comes out on the iOS. Um, but the point is like I had that experience, right? So when I went to go and hire engineers, there were no one could BS me. Mm-hmm. They come in for an interview saying, yo, I can build a good app. Okay, cool. Here's a quick problem. Can you solve this? Get out of here. Yeah. Next person. Wow. And, and, and we had very high standards and it was hard for us to actually like find people and source them. So, so my co-founder actually built this robot called Sir Jata and actually has a whole LinkedIn profile. Like <laughs> his name is Sir Jata yeah. and he reaches out to people 24 seven. Really? And he, what he also does is he interviews them. So he, we built this virtual interviewing process where it basically takes all of our problems, asks them in real time, it records them and using some AI will give us a score. And if they make it through all those rounds then they come to me for the final round and we automated that and we hired like really good engineers holy crap that's yeah. insane so you used an ai to interview people and it worked really well because at the end of the day i made it interview me and i'm a technical founder so i'm not like some like business guy trying to run technical i'm a technical founder so i understand right, right? and so like i knew that this thing will work that's so cool dude. yeah how did you get that job at apple at such a young age um so i, I think they gave me the offer when i was like 19 Jeez. um I actually graduated, I, I studied at the University of Washington Computer Science. I yeah. graduated in two years. So I was, How'd you do that? Um, so in high school, I took a lot of like AP uh, and like college classes. Right. Um, and then I, I did this program where you actually could do two years at a community college while you're at high school. Mm-hmm. So you graduate high school with an associate's degree and a high school diploma. So then when you go into the university, you skip the first two years and you go to the third year. Wow. So I was literally like, what is it? An 18 year old, like just chilling with a bunch of 21 to 22 year olds. Um, and, and then like, um, that was hella hard because imagine you go instead of like easing up from 100 200 300 yeah i went into this some like math theory where they're teaching you how to like basically solve rocket science right <laughs> and um um so that was pretty stressful but then like i interviewed with apple actually um it, apple has always been my favorite company i have everything apple yeah um and i interviewed them i think it was like in the fall of 2017 
Are you interested in coming on the Digital Social Hour podcast as a guest? We'll click the application link below in the description of this video. We are always looking for cool stories, cool entrepreneurs to talk to about business and life. Click the application link below and here's the episode, guys. And, you know, I made it like halfway through and then like, like I'm sorry, like we don't think we're going to be able to hire you to make the qualifications. I was really bummed out about it. But I think like some word went in inside that I'm very passionate. I have an entrepreneurial background. Mm-hmm. A few months later, I get a phone call. That literally all it said is like, hey, do you want to come to Cupertino? Apple Park, like Apple is based in Cupertino. Yeah. Um, you want to come and interview us? So we skipped like everything that like, come talk to six people. So they put me in like a, an interview. I talked to six people back to back, a bunch of complicated questions, stuff like that. And then I go home and um, on the way back, I get like a call from the director. He's like, we love you. You want to accept this offer? Wow. And they give me this offer literally like, I think two weeks before I go a full-time job. And keep in mind, by the way, when companies hire software engineers um, out of college, it's usually they give you an offer like three to six months before you graduate. I was getting this offer like the day I was graduating, right? Yeah. So it was literally last second. I wasn't even expecting it. So like, I tell my parents, oh, geez, I was like, I'm leaving to California. I was in Seattle <laughs> at that point. I'm going to work at Apple. And then I fly down and I pull up and I was like 19 to turn 20. And they're like, what the hell? How young are you, bro? All of our interns are like 22, 23. Like, where do you come from? And it turns out I was actually the youngest person in the entire org wow. um, to ever work at Apple. That's and insane. so so I did that for two years. So it was like 2018 till 2020. Yeah. And the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the, the story, that's how we kind of like our rise to success was from the pandemic right. because education collapsed. And we were actually built, I was building the startup while I was working at Apple and while I was at school. So it was like, it was a side project, right? Mm-hmm. And even through Apple, and my entire vision was the moment I secure funding, I'm going in full time. Because right. I'm, I'm a risk adverse person, right? Yeah, yeah. But I work really hard. So I don't just like work 40 hours at Apple. I work 40 hours at Apple, then another 40, work, 40 hours at my startup. So I was working 80 hours every single week Damn. until that moment happened where I can go full time. So you weren't sleeping. Dude, I had no <laughs> life, bro. I, I missed out on the typical stuff. Everyone goes out and parties and stuff like that. They're all doing this. I'm like, dude, like I'm building this thing. It's going to change the world. Yeah. And I, I found people who like, like the team behind me, that all same mentality. And, and it was hard. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, but you know. Yeah. I don't yeah. think you missed much, man. I mean, I got through that phase quick too. <laughs> it's, it's nothing special. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, um, and honestly, once you, once you kind of make it, now you get to enjoy sometimes you have, like, I'm sure you have a lot of like, it's like work hard, play hard type of mentality, yeah. right? So it's, and it's good because you don't want to work too much because mm-hmm. then you lose creativity, you become too stressed. You need that balance in your life. Yeah. I had burnout. I know you experienced it Multiple too. Times. Young age, man, because you're just so locked in, but it adds up. Yeah, balls. Adds up. Um, what did you learn from Apple working there two years? What did you learn about like corporate culture and things like that? There's many things I learned in corporate culture, but the biggest thing in corporate is it's 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 literally a chain of command type of thing. Um, if you want to do something, it has to go all the way up, and that introduces a lot of delay. Things move slow. Right. Um, something that I could do in Apple in like six months, I could do in my own startup in two days. Mm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a big company. They, they care about their image and stuff like that. But yeah. um, somebody as me, who's like an entrepreneur, like like I've taught myself marketing, finance, everything, right? And that's who I am. I can't just do one thing as a software engineer all day and then just wait for somebody to give me an approval to build a feature, right? And yeah. actually, that's why in Apple, like I came in as a software engineer and within three months, my manager told me, dude, like we're going to put you on special projects. Apple, <laughs> it's called special projects where basically like every year on the new iOS, they always introduce new features mm-hmm. and those are special projects because they're anonymous, right? Mm. And the cool thing about the special project is you're not just a software engineer. You have to deal with legal, with design, with marketing because you have to know like when you build a feature, can you market it well? Will it... Can you like, is it good from a PR perspective, from a security perspective, right? And that's really what a startup you do. You have to worry about everything. So mm-hmm. I was working on those, right? 
Um, and all that kind of taught me even better how to run a startup because I was doing an Apple with real customers, real customer data, right? Yeah. Nothing like a school project. Like, you know, in a business class where they tell you, go, go, um, you know, here, make a fake startup and pitch it, right? Yeah, all yeah. that is BS. It, <laughs> I'm not, it really doesn't translate to the real world. Nah. Would you say you learned more at Apple than 14 years of schooling? Dude, what I learned in my two years at Apple is more than schooling. What I learned at my startup is more than everything I've done in my life. Like, yeah. Um, listen, there's still more to learn. Like I'm still nowhere near where I want to be, but I feel like just me going through my startup world, if I were um, to kind of maintain just a corporate job, by the time I hit 40, maybe I won't even have learned what I learned at the age of like 24. Right, doing it on your own. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think can be improved in the education system for entrepreneurs and for business owners? And that's exactly why we're in this education space, dude. Education is so far behind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy like, Edu- you, you can try to spec educate. It's been almost the same for years, right? Nothing, you know, we have new phones every year, new, new, literally new cars every year, new shoes, everything. But why is education still the same? Mm. And you know what's crazy too is now with ChatGDP and AI, like I, we did a survey, like 50 percent of students are literally cheating through school because they realize, like, what's the point of me doing? They will literally the whole class run through all their assignments through this ChatGDP, not even learn anything. And mm. schools, politicians, I we spoke to multiple politicians oh, we're going to wait and see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's doing anything. Like, this started off last year. To this day, nobody has done anything. So that's <laughs> every single kid in their freshman year of school right now isn't learning anything, right? Yeah. Is that not crazy, right? Where, like, they're paying, what is it? Some In some cases, you're paying $50,000 a year yeah. to basically just have a bot regurgitate the answers to submit in. Yeah. There's a lot of change that needs to happen there. I think we need a lot of young people um, to go in and, you know, impactful roles, um, to be able to impact things in school um, and even in government, right? Because right now, a, a lot of what they're trying to maintain is just things that don't matter anymore. Like, why are we still learning how to do cursive? Why are we still <laughs> learning how to write an email? Look, I've, like, I took one marketing class where they taught me how to write emails to sell your social media to clients yeah. or to like companies like Shopify or Target or something like that. I literally, like, I've secured multiple like five-figure deals with brands because I have my personal social media is pretty big. Yeah. I literally say, hey, comma on one line, I'm here's my rate. <laughs> no sincerely, I mean Shaco. Yeah, yeah. No, like, you know, format. It's very simple. That's how the real world works, right? Yeah. That stuff that they teach you is not relevant. They need to no. like, they need to go bring in industry leaders, leaders who've done it. For back. sure. Why is a business one-on-one professor teaching a class, but they haven't built anything yeah. that's more than seven figures, for example, right? Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, it's backwards. And, 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 and um, this is not an attack on Oprah. There's a lot of good teachers. I've worked with a lot of great computer science teachers who have been amazing. A lot of business teachers. Like, I, but it's, it's, this is a curriculum thing from the institution itself. Nothing to do with the professors because they're all forced to follow what you know, is brought down to them. Yeah. But there needs to be a, a change. And there's a lot of people advocating for that. Bill Gates, Elon Musk. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who are saying changes to be done. For sure, dude. When I get those long emails, I don't even read them. I mean, it's obviously copy paste. Like, I don't care at that point. <laughs> You're right, though. You got to keep it simple. I mean, yeah. Somebody like you, do you have the time to read? Like, spend sixty minutes on email? No. You want to quick to the point. First line. What's it about? Yeah. Catch right? my attention, and if if you do that, I'll read it. But otherwise, I could tell it's copy paste if it's like yeah. two paragraphs. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got detention in like what was I, 10th grade for plagiarism. Yeah. And now every kid's doing it with ChatGPT. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. And by the way, don't get me wrong, by the way, like I talk about the school. I had a 4.0 through school. I had a full ride scholarship. So like I know how school is. I'm not some guy who had a 1.0 trying to justify old schools, but 4.0. Mm-hmm. Old, you know, 
search up computer science at University of Washington, number six in the nation, right? Damn. I, I had a 4.2 my last year. I ended up graduating with a 3.8, but like <laughs> very rigorous school, right? Yeah. So I know how academics works. I put in a lot of work. So I know both perspectives. Um, and I'm coming in from that. I'm not coming in from like an arrogant perspective. Yeah. No, that's for someone in your shoes to say this about education. It really means something. Because yeah. if you had a one five. Yeah. That mean, that, at that point, I'm just justifying my, my laziness. But yeah. no, I literally worked hard. Yeah. And do you think working that hard paid off? Yeah. And, and, and I always say to everybody, ask me, how did you achieve what you do? I tell them I am not the smartest person in the room. I work hard. I will outwork anybody in the room. Yeah. That's really what it is. Like there was a lot of people who were 10 times smarter than me in my class, right? Yeah. They can solve the math problems faster, the physics problems faster. I'll just spend more time reading the textbook till I figure it out. Yeah. They've actually done studies on this. People that, um, you know, are smarter, have a higher IQ. They actually don't perform as well as people with like a gifted range because they're just too smart. You know what I mean? They're like mad scientists or whatever. Yeah. And, and there's always need for people like that because like, Elon Musk needs to be hiring those people or like NASA needs to be hiring those people to send us to the moon. Right. Yeah. But in a general job, like sometimes like it's like too out of scope type of thing. Right. To build a business sometimes like, if you're thinking too narrow like that, you can't actually be a CEO mm -hmm. because you're too focused on too small of a problem, right? And so you need, to, every every single person has a different role. That's why I'm saying like, it doesn't matter what your weaknesses are, what your strengths, there's always a room for you in this role to do something impactful. Mm -hmm. um, and so everybody has their role. For sure. Did you have a mentor along the way? Because you're super young. Um, I didn't have like a designated mentor. I, I'm grateful I met a lot of like great people on the way, you know, good family. My mom was always motivational from a young age would motivate me to like, when I was like eight, I think she introduced the concept of business. She was like, Hey, like you have all these like toys that you never use. How about I like buy them from you? And, and so I can give them to your brother. So she introduced me to this concept of like selling stuff I don't want, mm. which translated to a side business when I was in middle school, where I would sell MacBooks, I would fix them up and upsell them, like basically resell them for a higher markup. Right. And that, and then obviously um, I come, you know, from a background where, you know, Arab American from Syria, there was like rev like like revolution like there was a whole civil revolution where a lot like millions of people died mm -hmm. or um or like hundreds of thousands of people um died but like you know millions affected and refugees and they lost everything and that taught me from a young age like I'm blessed to have what I have because you know if I had just stayed there for like if my parents didn't have hadn't moved to America I probably would have nothing right now right and so that made me want to help people and that's the whole concept our app Kadama we are one of the cheapest tutoring apps ever we wanted to make it so people who are underprivileged can use us wow. and those values of business technology being able to help people stayed with me the whole time and mentors like that um those like came up to me like I, the ceo of OfferUp was a mentor mm -hmm. um just good friends good team um just people who come in along the way and they've been helping me out and so um and, and now i just try my best to do the same thing if i yeah. see somebody young trying to build something i try to like repay back you know what they did for me yeah that's cool how did you mix friendship and business because i know your co-founders are also friends that's a very risky thing to do how did you pull that off listen y'all <laughs> do not do it it's hard i don't know me like my co-founders right here behind the scenes marwan yeah. he like we've been together since 2016 wow. and dude like like we were friends and then like this this was a crazy journey because like you know the, the problem here is when you're friends with somebody, right? It's two stakes, your relationship business-wise and a friendship. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to bring in names right now, but I've had friends that worked with us um, where like it just ended up well and like we just don't talk to this day because it's not the thing where like you'll take it personally. Some people will take it personally. And um, and and there's really not much you can do because sometimes like in business, like like in business, most of the relationship will not work, right? It's right. to find another, um, you know, co-founder. It's a hard thing to do, right? Yeah. And imagine if it's your friend, 
Because then imagine you both have like different opinions and then you'll take, you'll every single day when you're, you'll, you'll think about it because like, it's like, it's real life at that point, right? It's not like, oh, a nine to five, you worry about it in the office, right? But luckily me and Marwan, like we've, we've somehow were able to manage those like different um, differences in opinion. And we learned to respect the difference in opinion where, you know, one person, we could have opposing opinions, right? And then we were like, well, okay, well, when this, this is always going to happen, right? So let's just approach this always from a data and analytical perspective and maybe bring in some third parties to come in. So no Love hard that. feelings. Yeah. Let's just approach this like the right way, right? And obviously here and there, we, we will kind of get mad at each other, but like it doesn't last too long mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, we understand that like our intentions originally are pure and it's just a conflict with business, right? And we know that this is gonna happen to anybody else, so why take it personally? Yeah. And um obviously my brother, he was a third co founder, right? Um and so it, dealing with that was a bit challenging, but we were able to, you know, work it through. He no longer is full time with us because um but we're still on good terms. We were able to like, you know, the, uh you know, uh resolve our our difference in opinions yeah. the right way. Damn, so you took a level further. You brought family in. Dude, the it's hard, dude. <laughs> I again this this hard as hell, bro. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't recommend anybody doing it. Uh, but the thing is, there's pros to it. Working with people you've known your whole life could be well, right? It's a risk them. you take. Yeah. Um, and I think overall, like, there's only one person we ended up with bad blood. Everybody else was on good terms. So I think I got it yeah. easy. But some other people, like, they end, like, real relationships. Like, lose siblings, never yeah. talk again. Damn. I mean, dude, it's part of every big company. Yeah. Like, if you go back to their origin story, there's, like, it's popular yeah. with Facebook. It's popular with Twitter. It happens. Like, people leave the boat early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's part of the game. Um, but I like what you said about bringing in third parties and then being straight up analytical about it. Yeah, it's the way. once there's emotions, it, it's just a yelling battle at that Data point. Data never lies. Imagine we like argued, we want to build this and build this, right? Okay, cool. We can argue all day who has a better idea, who's a smarter guy in the room, okay? Let's let the customers decide. Right. That's who decides who the winner is. Yeah, numbers don't lie. Exactly. So what's next in store for you guys? Uh, what are you working on? Where do you want to take this thing? Right now, we've literally mastered one-on-one tutoring, um, a social app where we connect human tutors and human students. Right now with AI, there's a huge opportunity, um, language learning models, where we can actually take what we have right now and scale it way more. So obviously the biggest challenge with having in-person tutors is um, it costs a bit more money, right, than an AI for students, so affordability. And to compete, we need to be affordable. But what we can do that big companies like I'm not going to name anybody right now. We've been attacked too many times <laughs> right now. Um, you know, uh, there's a big companies who they, uh, they, they can't do what we have in terms of what we have human tutors on board. So we actually are able to train our AI off real conversations. Mm. So guess how our AI speaks. So if all of our users are Gen Z, they talk like this. What's goody, bro? How are you doing? <laughs> Did you raise up that girl last night? Yeah. That's how our AI speaks because wow. it's trained on millions of millions of conversations. And anytime the AI doesn't know how to do something, it will connect you to a human tutor in real time who has been overseeing the conversation, right? Other companies, you can, you know, there's companies who are like text-based answers, like literally book answers. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, companies like Check, for example, right? All they have is that database. They don't have human tutors. And so they could only rely on that. So if it gets it wrong, there's not much you can do. For us, you'll have somebody that comes in in real time, but it also sounds like a Gen Z because it's trained on that. And that's something that's been doing really, really well. And investors are really excited. We have a lot of investors who have been following our tractions and are really ready to hop on the next round. Yeah. Um, but you know, we since we turned our company to a profit actually almost a year ago from today, we haven't been stressed like fundraise. We're taking our time, making sure things are going well, and gonna publicly launch it when the time's right. Yeah. Is B two B part of the goal? Like, do you want to incorporate with schools and colleges down the road? The biggest disadvantage of B two B is it's much slower to work with. Um, to get a call back, you could wait 30 days. Where B2C, 
within minutes we can get the basically the results that we were looking for of a conversion right. to pay um maybe sure um we've talked with schools and institutions and government ish um but a lot of times like you know we're thinking like five years ahead of them and we're trying to be ahead of technology or with technology a lot of stuff in school like you know why are they still using excel 2007 in school you know what i'm trying <laughs> to say like um it's hard to be they they have guidance which makes sense because they, they want to be able to control what's going on but it, it it forces us to regress our innovation yeah and i don't know if that's the direction we want to go but maybe there could be a balance online but right now b2c is definitely the, the mission especially with um our Kodama ai um that's going to be in the palms of everybody's hand yeah what was your least favorite class what class do you think was pretty useless when you were in school useless or hard uh i'd say useless like you don't ever use it I took a random class on rocks, bro. Rocks, <laughs> yeah, like, like, like how, was it? <laughs> like it was red and blue, like like, like a heterogeneous rock. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't like. I don't know anything. I forgot every single thing about that class. To be yeah. honest, like I literally had my buddies in that class just like tell me like what's gonna be on the exam and like before the, and then just pop in. Like it's just like yeah. I don't even know why I took that class. That's hilarious. They need to teach more real world stuff. I did take one class called Family and Child, yeah. where they would bring in a bunch of like five and six year olds, and I felt like that was. You know, there's some value there. Well, you're going to be a dad one day, hopefully. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was decent. I thought cooking was decent. But then there was one called sewing. Who, who the hell sews anymore? <laughs> Maybe some people sew, but cooking makes sense. bro. I feel like I should have taken the cooking class, bro. Like, I only know how to do two meals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, luckily, we have money to outsource it. But yeah, yeah sir. sure. But <laughs> yeah. dude, sewing, I broke the machine first day. She put me in detention for like a week. So I couldn't even because use the machine. Because you broke the machine? Yeah. I mean, was it intentional? Like, you go no, it or like, I, I didn't know how to sew. I think I was sick the first day. So when I came in the second day, everyone already learned how to use it. So I just ended up breaking it. Was this like a forced class or do you like by like by Forced work? class. Oh, I see. Yeah. You had to take sewing and cooking in my middle school. Damn. It was terrible. So do you guys have the like, best cooks coming out of your school? We must. There Chef are, Ramsey probably won. Yeah. Jersey's known for good Italian <laughs> yeah. and Indian. So we yeah. got some good chefs over there. But man, it's been fun. What's next for you and where can people find you? There's a lot in store across, and I do multiple things across Kodama. There's a lot of new projects coming within there. Kodama AI is going to be big. Um, my personal channel, Amin Shaco, you know, grew that in like a, a few months to almost like 2 million followers across my platform. So if you want to know any life hacks, shopping tips or anything, follow me there at Amin Shaco on any platform. Um, but yeah, I'm going to continue to grind. There's a lot in store. Um, right now, right after this, I'm going to hop onto a meeting and then straight to Miami for some more work there. Let's get it, Miami, baby. Thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for coming on, bro. See you next time. Thank you for having me. Yep.